How do you feel about NATO? Should I never met NATO. I never met NATO. I don't know about it. I don't talk about people behind their back. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Oh, but you, oh, you didn't say that. I thought you were talking about I know this guy named NATO, named NATO Jacob. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show has started. Hey, hey. Hey, what hey. What he said. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're so, required now. Yeah, we're required. Um. So, Pat, how was your weekend, man? How was uh, how's been the past week? I you, say. you always ask me about my weekend. I guess I'm I'll just give people. You, I guess you know. I give you some quick booze news. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, booze news. St. Patrick's Day. I had a little too much to drink. Okay. That's my news. Booze news. <laughs> 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 that is good news. Um, that's good, relevant booze news. So, yeah, the actual St. Patrick's Day was over the weekend. Yeah, I tried to. This bar I went to was not very high end bar. Um, it's actually called the Sock. Mm, yeah, it doesn't sound high end. It used to be it called was, the Dirty Sock. I was gonna say if it was like the Black Sock, that would be. They more changed high it end. just to the Sock, so it's actually an upgrade. Dirty Sock does not sound like a place I'd want to be. But in. you know what? I always heard like. My aunt's friends or my mom's friends, like, you hear about the dirty sock? It's, it's not for our age. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so. When I was there, and the beer they had, or I had to get, you know, someone got me around with the green beer. They were literally yeah. putting drops of food color. Oh, it's disgusting, right? So, yeah. Can we, yeah, can we agree that's, like, not that cool? I don't know. I don't think it's that cool, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I saw a lot of that. Uh, I didn't have any, but, like. I saw a lot of the green beer around. That's all there is. And it's just, yeah, it's just food it's coloring. food coloring. So it's just just add to what's not good for you. I'm not a fan of that. No. I think a lot of the, I, I, I'm a big fan of St. Patrick's Day. I like St. Patrick's Day. I like the themes. I like the, you know, it's fun. Um, the, the traditional American Irish foods and stuff I, like that. I, I like it too. I like the, the bagpipes and the celebration. I mean, I don't think it, the way people celebrate is what it was initially no. supposed to be. No, I, I saw totally agree with that. Steve James, friend of the show. Yep. I saw he liked, don't you love how Facebook does this? You can see when someone likes it's something. Yeah, yeah. I saw he liked an Onion article, and it was like, man celebrates his 116th heritage of Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Thrilled about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, that's yeah, 100% right. I mean, the people just go crazy. They'll do the, everybody's Irish, you know, on St. Patrick's Day and that kind of thing. Uh, whatever so, that means. Whatever that means, exactly. People just want an excuse to celebrate and that kind of thing. I'm trying to think how many other, like, nationwide um, kind of holidays there are that are based around a nationality. It's Pulaski Day. Yeah, but that's a Chicago thing. <laughs> you think <laughs> that's just a Chicago they thing? Don't, they didn't even have it in St. Charles. They didn't even have it where I grew up. Well, what do you mean they didn't even have it? It was it's a day. What is yeah, there But I'm saying to nobody be? celebrates that in, Not really. in the suburbs. The Polish Americans do. Exactly. A little bit. Well, I'm saying what is like in that, like St. Patrick's Day, all, everywhere around the country, people know it's St. Patrick's Day. It's that kind of thing. No, I get what you're yeah. saying. I, and I don't. I don't know. I, I, my head. I can't think of another Cinco one. Cinco de Mayo? 
Cinco de Mayo is close. It's not, it's not as celebrated. It's not at the same level. No, it's not. It's not but a that, that's a close one. That's it's a close one, though. Cinco I mean, there Mayo might be is, parades. Yeah, there probably are parades. It's not as large. <laughs> yes. but that's a good one. Okay, so Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, but very few. Very few. And, right. Uh, but they're, they're, so, they're so different. St. Patrick is supposed to be like a Catholic holiday. Yeah. But Cinco de Mayo, isn't that like, it's not Mexican Independence Day. It's something else. It's the 5th of May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that's what it is. They observed uh, the Mexican army's unlikely victory over French forces at the Battle of Puebla on May 5th, 1862, under the leadership of General, some general. So what? It's like America winning the Revolutionary War. It may be like significant, like, battle during the Revolutionary War. Yeah, so uh, they they got this big unlikely battle. Independence Day, maybe? Yeah. I mean, it's close enough. I guess. But they have both. Yeah, do they? What's the Mexican Independence Day? I don't know if it's a separate day. Let's look that up. I don't know of any way of finding out. Independence Day in Mexico, September 10th. Yeah. Maybe we should get so, someone who is different. actually, in, you know, knowledgeable about the Mexican heritage on the show. Yeah, and not spend so much time about Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> okay, I like that. Around that difference. time. Okay, there we go. I like that. Um, until then, uh, I was in uh, Salt Lake City this weekend, and I had realized that You're I had... celebrating prohibition. No, I was. Day. I was uh, there to visit um, one of my former interns, Sarah, and we went snowboarding. And so we went out there, and uh, it was... How's the snowboarding compared to other places you've gone? It was good. It was just as good as anywhere, like, you know, way better than Wisconsin places. But, I mean, it's... Wisconsin's not a mountain. I I I don't care what they say. No, it's it's, not it's uh, you know it's comparable with the Colorados and all those you know the big the big time places. I mean they've held the Olympics there. When you do that, you know that it's. I remember legit. that. Yeah, the Winter Olympics. Winter there. Olympics. Yeah. Is that two so, thousand? I don't remember. It's around that. So, it was uh, it was kind of crazy because it was really warm. So, it uh, it was like one of those things where you were wearing a coat. You kind of had need the snow pants and coat because it's kind of wet because it's still snow on the ground. But you're also super warm in that you're kind of like sweating because it's so hot. And then it's kind of weird because there's snow on the ground, but it's also super warm. By nighttime, uh, it was like perfect temperature. It was kind of like a cool breeze. It felt like it was like a summer night, but you weren't too hot. It was like crazy. So I never, that was definitely the, the warmest I've ever snowboarded in. It was, it was pretty fun. Uh, the rest of the trip was a lot of fun. It was, I never really spent that much time in Salt Lake City, but it is a really cool, definitely kind of like a, to me, the way it felt was kind of like a, uh, a, Kind of how downtown Madison is. You ever been to downtown Madison? When I was younger. Just right along, right around the uh, the capital. The capital with the lake. They have the capital, they have the lake, but they have like, kind of like just the way the streets are kind of spaced. You kind of just get a feel for like the spacing of the streets and kind of the buildings and that kind of stuff. It was kind of like a bigger version of that with mountains surrounding it. Like everywhere you looked has mountains surrounding. And uh, yeah, definitely a really cool city. Big fan. Um, recommend it. Recommend it. So I had a good time there. So... Then, uh, so here were some things that I noticed. I took a flight, uh, you know, obviously I flew there, and super awkward time where the flight attendant's seat was just facing back at the crowd, and it was in the middle. In the middle? Was it in Usually, the middle aisle? It, it, was, it was in one of the middle, like near one of the fire exit rows, oh. which is typically they're like sit in the back or in the way front, and they're kind of like in a little seat that nobody else sees them when they're sitting down unless you like look for them. This one, for some reason, was right in the middle, and just literally there was a person sitting down, and then it, and then she was facing them uh, two feet away. 
and they're just staring at each other as this flight takes off. And it looked like the most awkward just staring competition. <laughs> I hope they were friends. <laughs> they were not. It was a flight attendant and a passenger. Uh, so I hope they were friendly. They hope they were friendly, too. Burn up. Hello. So, Uber, I just thought of, and I know this has been brought up in the past with people talking about Uber and stuff like this. But the other day I was walking, and uh, this this girl walks, gets into an Uber. It's very clear that it's an Uber because the guy's got the little Uber sticker on his car. And he see, he it, it's, it's this guy in this minivan. And he's like this creepy beard. He's a creepy old guy. And you've got this young girl that just gets into this car. And it's just such a weird time in history where it's like it's so opposite of everything we grew up on. Of like, you know, never enter a stranger's car and all this stuff. <laughs> and now you've got like this creepy guy. I think about guy. that every yeah. single time I get into an Uber. Yeah, it's got this like creepy guy in a minivan. And then this young girl, you know, she's probably like 20, just getting into his car and like, let's go. You know? Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I seriously think about the same thing. And I was thinking because I took an Uber on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Like, you're not in control of the car. And that kind of bothers me. Yeah. What if someone had too much to drink, drove home, and then hit the Uber you were in? But, like, the Uber driver wasn't paying attention. Like, you just put yourself at risk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just walk. No, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> yes, definitely well, don't agree. Don't go. Yes, definitely agree. Uh, and also, something with cars. Do you have people? Do you ever you put stuff in your passenger seat sometimes when you're you know just what? driving? I'm around? actually really embarrassed of the state of my car. Okay. I usually have stuff on all my seats. Okay. Do you ever have people that just get in your car and sit on your stuff without looking? No. Okay. I I don't know if it's just the people I hang out with, but I have a, a lot of people that get into my car, just sit in my passenger seat with don't look to see if there's anything in the passenger seat and just sit on my stuff. Like I've had sunglasses and stuff like that, and they're well, just... you never put the sunglasses on the seat. Well, this man. would be, <laughs> well, just that's like an extreme example. Case. Yeah, it was in the case. That's Respect why they didn't. That's why they didn't. That's why they didn't break. They, they were in the case on put the them passenger in the center seat. Console. Yeah, I don't have a great center console on my car. That's the problem. Put it in doesn't the glove really glove compartment. Glove compartment. Yeah, that's a good point. But you know what? I broke the glove compartment one time. Yeah, and then I couldn't close it, and there was a light bulb on, and the car yeah. was gonna die. Yeah, that's oh, unbelievable. No, don't put it in the glove. Yeah. So, but also just look before you sit down in my seat. That's all I'm asking. Maybe this is a little well, too yeah, personal I would look. for people. I, I that... know what you mean. I get in cars sometimes, and there's like you know paper. Yeah, and you just move it out of the way, right? You know, clothes. Yeah, yeah. Usually with me, it's like a jacket or a sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. I have a ton of clothes in my car. Yeah. No, that I. Uh... You know, the, the weather here is not very consistent. Yeah. I would like a sweatshirt, like a spring jacket, and like a winter jacket available to me at all points. Yeah. A winter hat and gloves. Yeah. And so they're in my car. Yeah, that would make sense, Pat. That would make sense. They're not in the, the trunk. trunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they should be. They should be there. The tr- well, the trunk's got, like, I've had such bad luck with cars. I got, like, um, pretty turned up at a wedding in St. Louis. Coolant yep. in my trunk. I got funnels. Yep. Just in case something goes wrong. Yep. I got that spare tire. Yep. You know? Most people have that, yeah. I just don't want my clothes <laughs> smelling like a trunk. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're kind of it's Sometimes kind of I keep there. oil in there. You what if like the, what little... if the car is leaking oil? In the trunk? Well, you keep the oil in container. The tr- okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I hear you know, you definitely need those I got things. My it's, gas a good, can. it's a good idea to have all the... you have a gas can in your trunk? Well, you know, like the thing you put the gas in. It okay, doesn't have empty. gas okay, in it. Okay, okay, okay. No, it's just swinging around <laughs> the trunk. <laughs> uh Okay, I like that. Yeah, those are all good things to have. It's yes. a good, yeah, a blanket. They say to have a blanket in there. Blanket. I got flashlight. you know the thing, the ice scraper and the brush. Yeah. Okay. Here's my last car-related thing. Has it ever been a better time to be someone that has a DUI? It's. I don't and, think it's and, ever a good thing. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. 
that like that, ruins your that, career. I know. Sometimes. I 100% agree with you, and I don't have one, and I'm you know I never want to have one. No, I'm never going to be in that situation. But here's the deal: Have you noticed how similar those things when you blow into the uh, when you're blowing into the breathalyzer that they have when people get DUIs in Illinois? Sometimes you get the breathalyzer that you have to blow into every couple minutes. Yes. So that you can continue to drive the car to prove that you're sober driving this car. Yes. Have you noticed how similar those look to the vape pens? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Because there's a striking resemblance. I haven't seen the between... breathalyzer thing. Okay. I, I have. I've been fortunate enough to be in a car that has one of those. Really? It's every yes. couple minutes? It's I don't know what the time is, and it, honestly, the last time I was in a car like that, it was years ago, and it was. I a, thought it was just to start. The it was car. a friend of a friend. No, it's it's start to car, and then it's while you're driving, they'll have you do wow. it too. So, anyway, those look a lot like vape pens. Vape pens. So those people are driving now, and uh, they're blowing into the thing, and nobody's thinking anything of it because there's so many people vaping. So you're saying that you're less likely to get judged by doing yeah. it? Yep. People still judge you for vaping. Not that's to the true. Same level. That's true, but not at the same level. Not at yeah. the same level. So I think it's criminal. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think I'm just saying I don't think there's been a better time to be someone that's had a DUI than now until vape pens get out you know, of here, I which know, I would be happy about. I know of someone who got one when they were 16, so yeah. it's been like eight or nine years now. Yeah. I don't think they do that. I think that was just like a recent thing. It was more of a recent thing, but I saw it a while ago. It was, you yeah. know, no, I'm curious friend, if so. like you had one. At any point ever. Oh, no, I don't think that grandfather's in like that. Okay. So uh, we did, a, I, when I say we, I mean I did an interview with uh, Laura DeSaro. I saw her on Shark Tank, and she has a company called Chirps Chips. So I did an interview separately with her just because we had to do it around uh, scheduling. But I do have a thing to say about it. Uh, we had an issue with the call. The quality was not great. Typically we do our calls via uh like some sort of through the internet, Skype, Skype. I, like Facebook Messenger, that type of thing. But this one, we couldn't do that. And, of course, uh, so I had to, like, try to find a way to connect it through my cell phone. And, of course, my phone uh, had some new updates where it wanted to connect to Wi-Fi, to the Wi-Fi calling, <laughs> and Wi-Fi calling is just crap. Oh, no. So uh, quality is not at its peak, but it's still a good interview. So here you go, Laura DeSaro from Trips Chips. Hi, this is Billy Bob Thornton. Welcome to my official website. And as Sage says, what's up? Thanks for coming to call. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yes, I am doing well. Just craziness as always in the world of eating bugs. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So uh, thank you a lot for calling in and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I saw you when you were on Shark Tank, and I'm like, I need to have you on the show because it's just like a perfect fit for, uh, as I mentioned, we do a segment called Tanzania News every week. And I've never yes, actually talked indeed. to someone from Tanzania. So I'm like, I need, you know, some inside information. And then I thought Chirps Chips is really cool. You know, right? You're the COO of Six Foods, which makes Chirps Chips. <laughs> and I'm like, so so tell us about Chirps Chips. Uh, yeah, so Chirps Chips are basically chips, like tortilla chips, but they're made with cricket flour, which is crickets dried and milled into a powder. Yeah. So what are the advantages of the crickets over, you know, like a traditional, I know a lot of protein uh-huh. in crickets and a lot more sustainable and that kind of thing. Can you kind of walk <laughs> us through that sort of process? Totally. No, that's an awesome question. Why would you want to eat bugs? Yeah. Um, well, so there's health benefits. So actually the Aztecs and Mayans used to mix crickets into their tortillas to make them more nutritious. So more protein, more calcium, more iron. Um, but like specific to Tanzania, many parts of Tanzania actually 
eat bugs too, um, which is kind of how this all got started because they're an incredible source of protein. Yeah. And so you also, I'm big, uh, my degree was in economics. So I'm kind of really interested in the whole part with the, mm-hmm. the, the, like the gallon of water, you get a pound of meat from oh, the yeah. cricket, right? And then what is the equivalent for the a pound, like protein for beef? What would it, it would equal? Yeah. I mean, right. So it's 2000 gallons of water about, you know, different estimates, but 2000 gallons of water can make a pound of beef and about one gallon of water can make a pound of cricket. And this is true across all sorts of environmental statistics. So orders of magnitude, less land, less water, fewer greenhouse gas emissions emitted by insects as compared to really any kind of livestock, you know, cows, pigs, et cetera. Yeah, and it's there's droughts everywhere. I mean, it's crazy that we use, I mean, just that, that number, just the 20,000 gallons alone to get a pound of beef is just a crazy number. I mean, I didn't it's even realize it was anywhere near I mean, that. No, I mean, they say that uh, the livestock industry is, probably the biggest contributor to our environmental problems, like more than all of the factories and driving cars. Apparently livestock has the biggest impact. Yeah, that is, that's, that's really crazy. Have you had um, a lot of fans of the uh, movie Milan get upset at you based, you know, the, the cricket was a very lovable character <laughs> in the movie. Right. You know, I've heard this before that basically crickets are lucky in Chinese society and a few others. Um, I, you know, it's interesting, though, because actually people in China do eat insects, including crickets, um, in some parts. So, I don't know. We say that uh, you eat our product and you get the luck. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Actually, yeah, perfect. It's something I think about because I actually came from a place of growing up vegetarian. And so me, when I first ate an insect, I was like, is this vegetarian? How do I think about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. right, like, what? Where does this go in this idea of vegetarianism? Yeah. Um, so I had to do a lot of research and thinking about it. Um, and for me, crickets actually don't have pain receptors, and they have a very limited central nervous system. Um, plus, with all the environmental benefits, I was kind of like, okay, I can get behind this. This is actually like a, a protein source that makes sense for me. But each vegetarian guy decided for themselves how they feel. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, I, like a lot of your sayings, a lot of bug puns, uh, one of the things you say here yeah. is uh, a gateway bug. You talk about crickets mm-hmm. being a gateway bug and people eating a lot of other bugs. Uh, wh- are you nervous yeah. about, uh, you know, how far do you go with the bugs? Like, what if you wake up and, you know, somebody ate a black widow? And how has it gone too far? Wow. Well, um, <laughs> I think, again, it goes back to food being super cultural. Uh, so, if you grew up in Cambodia, for example, uh, the kids go home and they collect crickets and they buy them up every day for lunch at the school cafeteria. Um, and I actually, I think the tarantulas um, are delicious. I, <laughs> you know, in, yeah, as an yeah. American, some people are feeling, but, uh, you know, if uh, black widows are delicious, I'd say let's eat them, you know. Scorpions are, are pretty popular. My co-founder got dared to eat one in China, and that's kind of how she got started. She thought it tasted like shrimp. And so how do you, how do you think you get people over the whole, I, I think a lot of people's first initial reaction when you tell them that mm-hmm. it's made from cricket flour is kind of just that it's, you know, oh, that's an insect that's gross or whatever. But how do you kind of get yeah. people to kind of change their mind about that? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, this is our big question. Kind of our, our mission of our company is how do we get people excited about eating bugs? And I think it comes down to removing some of those cues that make us think you are gross. So like legs, a lot of texture stuff, like ooey ooey. Um, and so that's why we work with cricket flour, because we don't see the cricket, 
Uh, you know it's in there, um, and you kind of are able to reform your head a bit more uh, to think about insects as food rather than a pet. Um, so, like, one example we used when we were getting started was that if I would ask you if you wanted to eat something like sea urchin, you'd yeah. probably have a similar reaction, like, oh, gross. But we'll, we'll eat sushi with all sorts of crazy things in it. Yeah, yeah. You had to figure out how to make a similar thing for insects. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely true. And yeah, I think I, I like I haven't I haven't tried the chip yet. I have it. I I'm waiting to have one. I, I'm oh. I've ordered one. I'm I'm really excited for it. But you're uh, probably a little backward for Shark Tank. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure you've got a crazy. You know what I've heard with many Shark Tank shows is you know you you're prepared for a certain amount and then the show ha- hits and then it's just a million orders and then it's just is that so many more than yeah. we ever expected. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a it's a good problem to have overall. But uh, well, we're we're shipping out next week, so <laughs> perfect, perfect. We, uh, we're getting over that, but um, yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't know so many people wanted to eat bugs. Yeah, <laughs> and then I looked up the uh, the store locator and I saw that there's one even within a mile of my house. So people should look up on oh, the Chirps Chips cool. website, and uh, you can definitely find you know a local place to distribute that's close to you. So yep. I did, uh, and then there's one other thing here. So another one you're saying was eat what bugs you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what if a lot of things that bother me are like uh, people that don't use their turn signals or people that wear their headphones in the grocery <laughs> store, those type of things? Like where do you... <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Yeah. This slippery slope and cannibalism. Yes. Oh, I do want to say we do not endorse that. Okay. <laughs> bugs because they are lower down the food chain. Okay, perfect, um, perfect. But it's kind of a funny response we give when... Um, Someone's like, oh, but I hate bugs. They're so, you know, scary. And then we're like, well, eat what bugs you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that is good. That is good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into uh, trip yeah, shifts? totally. So this kind of started out of college. I was an African studies major as an undergrad. And so I found myself in rural Tanzania studying Swahili and I came across a woman selling fried caterpillars on the side of the street. Yeah, you know, Cinder. And for them, it was just like, kind of like a, a regular snack outside of Arusha, for those of you who know Tanzania. And so I hesitated because, as I mentioned, I have been vegetarian most of my life. But ultimately, I was like, half a trend, right? Like, when in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah. So I bought one and down, and my first thought was, this tastes like lobster. And... I found out later that that kind of makes sense because insects and crustaceans are closely related. Um, they're all kind of part of the first pod family. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got back to the States and just started researching eating insects. And the more I found out, the more excited I got because I found out all these statistics about how healthy and sustainable and that you could raise them humanely. And at the end of it, it was just like, well, why are we not eating bugs? How do we get Americans eating insects? And um, so I uh, sent an article to my college roommate. Um, I mentioned she was the one who'd gotten there to a scorpion in China, in Beijing. Yeah. And so she jumped on board, and we basically went to a local pet store, brought back some insects, tried them up, and started trying to figure out how in the world to get people to eat them. Yes, yeah. And it looks like you've done that, so that's uh, fantastic. We're, we're working, we're working. It, yeah. it certainly feels a lot different than two years ago when we started. Yeah. Uh, like, people will come up to us and be like, oh, guess what I've heard about this. Like, it's all the rage. It's high protein. Like, yeah. <laughs> for the first time, we feel cool. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what Tanzania was like? Yeah. I mean, I, I, very different in different parts, right? I mean, a route, like inside the city, like Arusha, the city is very different than the rural areas. Um, but where I was, 
staying outside of Arusha, like very, it was kind of a little bit like Kilimanjaro. So like really beautiful, lots of cornfields and sugarcane fields and like red dirt roads and so friendly. I mean, I was learning Swahili, which is why I spent time in Tanzania because it's a more pure area of Swahili. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it was definitely, you know, we're losing our bug eating culture. Uh, even 50, 100 years ago, even some people in America were eating insects. Like, mm-hmm. talk to your grandmother or people kind of that age. And when the cicadas came, they used to eat um, eat them. Um, but it was definitely the kind of place where those traditions were still really important. And it was very cool to see a place where eating caterpillars was considered delicious and normal. Yeah. And they were laughing at me for thinking it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting, just kind of like that whole different perspective. And so uh, how long were you there for? Um, well, I did, let's see, I've been there a few times, but that time it was a couple of months. And where would you stay during that time? Um, we stayed with host families okay. that we could learn all about that culture. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, that's nice to hear, like, you know, all I, all we get is the uh, a lot of the Tanzanian news, which is a lot about their president right now. And so uh, I figured this oh, yeah. would be so nice. Uh, <laughs> He's a pretty radical guy, so uh, it's nice to hear some like you know actual uh, more culture type stuff about just the people. Yeah, that sort no, of thing. definitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I go go find the bugs in Tanzania for yeah. sure. <laughs> so, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience on Shark Tank and what that was kind of like? Oh, definitely. Um, so we auditioned uh, kind of from an open audition in San Francisco. You know, kind of like, you know, you've seen American Idol yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was quite insane. <laughs> yeah. so you wait outside and you audition and um, and we got a phone call that they were interested. And so kind of step by step, we found ourselves a few months later, last uh, September, uh, down in Culver City at the Sony Studios and getting to record. And it's a weird experience, right? Because we had been binge watching Shark Tank and then suddenly you're there and you like peek out from behind the curtains. There are all the sharks. And yeah. It looks familiar. It's kind of like, hey, people look so familiar, and it's, it's strange seeing them in person. Um, and then basically, Shark Tank's one of the more realistic um, of the reality shows. So basically, what you see is what you get. So they only take one take, and if you mess up, it's on there. Um, yep. They do editing, but um, they don't actually change up anything or stage anything. And uh, so, and Mark Cuban... Uh got the deal with you guys which is fantastic I'm big, indeed uh, indeed yeah that's uh, i'm a big yeah. mark cuban fan he's my favorite yeah definitely no i mean he really believes in alternative proteins uh and crickets and so we going in we're hoping that he bite and that's kind of you know not to spoil too much the episode that's kind of what happened is he jumped on it pretty much right away and wanted us yeah and uh, i believe that is episode 14 of this season if i'm if i'm correct Yes, that is that is correct. Okay, I'll put a link to it. <laughs> it on aired on January twenty seventh. If perfect. that helps anyone. Perfect, perfect. And also, I loved your response for uh, Mister Wonderful because uh, you knew what he was going to say, <laughs> and you had a perfect response for that. So, Mister Wonderful is famous for calling people cockroaches, and since we are a bug company, we knew it was coming. Yes. So we were kind of like, "Well, that's not exactly an insult." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. It's what we're looking for. So, uh, last thing here, I, I, so I've, you know, I've read about your, uh, your two world records, which I find fascinating. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, kind of that whole thing? Oh, sure. Um, so I guess it started in high school. Um, I broke the world record for the fastest time to crawl one mile. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> it was for, uh, 
my grandmother had just died of cancer, and I was looking for a way to fundraise uh, for that, and so I started crawling. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all sorts of videos of me on YouTube what, being 17 doing that. Yeah, that's that's an awesome way to do it. And then uh, then you also had one for the books, the longest book, Domino? Yeah, yeah. So um, after that, you know, Brick the World Records is really fun. You find one and you get people together and you put on a big event. So um, we booked the World Records for the longest book Domino thing at the Seattle Public Library for their reading program. And we're, you can find that video, too. <laughs> uh, did you ever have a time, like, as you were setting it up, that somebody accidentally knocked over one of the books and started the chain early? Oh, or gosh. Were you nervous yeah, about that the whole good. time? In fact, okay. it was the, the time, I mean, it fell over many times. Yeah. We, I forget how many books there were, but we were, like, 10 books away from having all of them up, and they all fell down. <laughs> oh, no. and it was almost midnight, and they had to close down the library. They had to close it up, and if we hadn't done if we hadn't managed to make it work the last time it wouldn't have happened oh gosh yeah that would <laughs> that'd be horrible so well that's awesome um thank you so much for calling in and uh is there anything else you'd like uh people to check out i got tripstrips.com what other yeah. stuff would you uh like people to do um well if anyone's around the san francisco bay area on earth day which is april 22nd we are actually breaking another world record we are breaking the world record for the largest serving of nachos and we're using trip chips. So perfect, perfect. Want to invite everyone to that? Okay, cool. Yes, I will. We'll, uh, we'll post that. So that's. Uh, thank you a lot. Thank you a lot for calling in, and we really appreciate it, Laura. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Have a good one. Right. <laughs> As we All say, right. bug appetite. And also, Tanzania news is uh, included in that. If in case you didn't understand that. So I this is something I was watching on the news the other day, Pat, and I don't like to watch the news a lot, but this is, I think, in the same time I watched the news the other time. But somebody was talking about how Chicago has this bad image right now, you know, of all the the murders and all this stuff right now, right? Which, that, that's not all of it. Well, but that's a huge part of the bad It's image, always right? been, like, a corrupt city yes. politically. But there's more specifically, like, right now it's in the press a lot because, you know, people are just saying that there's a lot of shootings. Well, you know, the media stuff. just loves yes. to promote that. But but this was the media. Nobody this, wants to talk about the fact that, like, a majority of the crime is in three areas of yeah, the city. including around where we're no, at right no, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that. Like, yes, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. Yeah. But you got to stop acting like the entire city. Exactly. But this was one thing that the the news kept trying to make it sound like, oh, it's not so bad. Like the shoot, there's not that many shootings. And they were trying to say, look at all the great things about Chicago, which I totally get there is Chicago. I really do like Chicago and all this stuff. But also when somebody it's like saying, uh, why are you so bad at um, let's make it something like, why are you so bad at driving? And somebody says, uh, well, I'm good at walking. And it's saying, well, it's not what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you, why are you so bad? <laughs> why are you good? You know, are you good at walking? I'm asking you, why are you so bad at driving? So it was just kind of weird. Like instead of uh, it was like the news, just instead of like trying to address the shooting thing, they were like specifically like, well, ignore all that. And let's just talk about, uh, you know, all the great innovation that's coming out of Chicago, which I was totally fine with. But I'm just saying, like when they were kind of bashing, they were they were bashing people that were saying that Chicago had a lot of shootings and stuff like that. And I get updates. I get texts from my dad every day of all the uh, Chicago shootings that are around, you know, within a couple blocks of where I work. Right. So, uh, you know, not uh, it's not inaccurate to say that there's a lot of Chicago shootings. No, it's no. not inaccurate. I'm just saying yes. they try to make it out like it's the entire city. It, correct. It's not. It's, you know, it's a small I saw a poll yeah. not about Chicago but of a suburb 
where they were talking about how bad the crime has been recently. Yeah. And someone who was in office posted the police stats and that yeah. crime is actually down. Mm-hmm. And it's just the fact that everyone sees stuff on the news yeah. now. Yeah. Like, so that's always my thing. Has it yeah. always has the world always been this bad, or are we just more we're aware of it, it now? I think we're just more aware of it now. I, I think yeah. that's 100% yeah. what it is. Speaking of that, Pat, we talked about crime stuff. Uh, as, as, you, as you saw a little preview uh, here beforehand, I was listening to the Freakonomics podcast, and they had this little clip here, which I thought was very relevant to, uh, to you. So I'm going to play this here. Sometimes violence can really get out of hand consider the chuck e cheese in oak lawn illinois just outside of chicago i personally with my children and family have never experienced what i've seen has occurred here in oak lawn that's larry deepchen the village manager of oak lawn over the past five years the police responded to more than 300 calls at the local chuck e cheese and made dozens of arrests in one case there was a shooting in the parking lot in another, an Oaklawn cop got dragged into a fight. I'll stop it there. But basically, this whole episode was about violence in Chuck E. Cheese. And <laughs> have you ever been to that Chuck E. Cheese? Had you when ever I was been growing there? up, yes, many times. Okay. Many times. <laughs> and I, I don't have a comment on them keeping it open or closing it, and they ended yeah. up closing it. Yeah, I just yeah. have to say, it's a damn shame that that place was intended for kids and yes. family parties. Yeah, yeah. And it turned into all the incidents they were having there. Yeah. It just didn't make sense, I don't think, to anybody. Yeah. You know? I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so, I, it was so, it was such a crazy, like, concept. Chuck E. Cheese was a nice, fun place to go when yeah, you were a yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Pizza. I loved it, yeah. It's like, I don't know what you compare it to if you don't live in Illinois. No, they have it everywhere. They do? Chuck E. Cheese is a nationwide I, thing. I tried yeah. talking about Haunted Trails with someone from Wisconsin. Yeah. I had no idea what I was talking about. I don't really know what that is, though. Are you serious? Yeah. What about PGN? No. Okay, what do you, like, call a Chuck E. Cheese then? Chuck E. Cheese. No, but there's places like Chuck E. Cheese. It's not, not just Chuck E. Cheese. There was Jungle Gyms. That's what you're saying? Not Jungle, jungle Gyms. Gyms. Well, Jungle Gyms. It's a place where you go okay. where there's pizza, there's birthday parties. I don't know. There's games, Chuck arcade e. games. Chuck E. Cheese. You get tickets. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> It's David more, Busters, like that's the same that's like type. The adult it's adult version. version. Yeah. That's, that's like adult version. Take that yeah. off. But Chucky e. Cheese was for kids, so the fact yeah. that they had all these adult issues there was just well, unbelievable. So, so what it, they said a lot of times what it boils down to is people just staying on a game too long. That, so that's what that was <laughs> yes. about. That's what they said. They I said, never actually read. I did see there was they, a lot of crime there. Yeah, they said it had that reputation is, yeah. after a number of years that you don't really go there anymore because yeah. of all the problems they were yeah. having. Like they closed it. I know they. they yeah, that's what they talk it. about. They talk about in this. They talk about that it had so many issues. They closed well, it. Well, and it, 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 I don't think it has much to do with the town. I think that it's right on the border of the town where the city sort of comes in. So people from all parts of the city go there, and I think that maybe, you know, some people who might be involved in those like territory, you know, issues might have bumped into each other there, yeah. and then oh, you're on a game too long. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that, I, it's really <laughs> depressing to see stuff like that happen. <laughs> well, you say 300 calls in a year. That's almost every day. That's almost every day. <laughs> and, I mean, consider just... how many calls there had to be. It's like uh, a number of those had to be on the weekends. That's yeah. when you would want to go yeah. there. Yeah. You would yeah. want to go there during a week. Yeah. So they were trying to look School at – night. Yeah. They were trying to look at when they switched it from uh, multiple coins to one coin, did that increase the rate – of crime. So because they were saying that basically 40 years ago, it was the same. It was like one coin to play these 
these uh, games, and still today it's one coin, and still so twenty if it cents were five, is a coin. Five people the, wouldn't hang out by the games as long. long yeah, hmm. so that's what they were they were trying to figure that out, and it was kind of inconclusive in the end. But uh, basically, it was inter- I just never I never really associated Chuck E. Cheese with because I had never heard with of the Oakland one with crime. But yeah. but they talked about it's everywhere. The Oakland was I think the most extreme example of it. But there, it was everywhere. There was like a ton of instances of crime in Chuck E. Cheese. It was crazy. Very today. unfortunate. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Pat, how about uh, some emails here? Okay. Uh, Chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. You guys can email us. So we have one of these as a response. By the way, we got a lot of responses from our uh, our uh, episode last week about what the term was called when people were obstruct. You know, like the people kept texting us. Justice. They keep calling it obstruction of justice. There was like. I got a lot of messages about that. Um, face Carl. It is Shamrock, riding dirty. Official lawyer of Chubstep uh, still stands by his statement saying that it's not obstruction of justice because you don't have to report it. So for all those people, just so you know. Uh, anyway, so you want to read? This is a long email that we got, uh, but this is all about that uh, that question, that email that we had the other day. It's two pages? Well, it's like one in a little bit, yeah. So this is about... Um, the email that we had a while, like a couple of weeks ago, was about who, who would, would type ta- the who would, who would type the fastest versus slowest. Yes, and there was three characters. So why don't you read through this email? It's here, from Pat. Dan Elon. Hi, Dan, Dan Elon, former. Yes, uh, I remember. Yeah, he, he was, was on the radio. He was podcast. on the radio podcast with us a long time ago. Volleyball guy, right? Yep. Yep. We had a tournament this weekend. Um, I don't know. How's it going with you guys? Dan, I noticed the way you say tournament. Uh, yeah, tournament. 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 It's <laughs> it's tournament. It's so tournament. where are you from? Where are you from? I tell, am, tell listeners. I am from New York, Long Island, New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, people could tell. Hey, Dan. So he says, hi, guys. <laughs> With all due respect, I think you're both wrong. Let's clear up, let's clear up a few things. Yeah. One, Home Alone was made in 1990. Didn't I say that? Okay. Kevin <laughs> McAllister plays an eight-year-old. Big Daddy was made in 1999. Steve Buscemi is a homeless man. Yep. Kevin James is doing this in 2017. Yep. Nielsen, where the famous Rick Nusso works, even reported in May 2016 that Americans text twice as fast as they call. Second section, number 13, which would suggest that even if Kevin James is double his dosage on Xanax, he still has the motor functions and muscle memory to know how to do it. Interesting. Okay. Steve Buscemi is a homeless man, and from the looks of it, he hasn't seen a couch in an actual apartment in many, many years. Let's assume 10 years. Further, his beard is graying, but his hair is not. I presume him to be mid-30s, so let's go with 35. Okay. This means that he was born in 1964 and started to be a homeless man at 25. As a current New Yorker, I know that homeless people get thrown out of public libraries, as Pat suggested, pretty much as soon as they step foot inside. Wow, interesting. And would be willing to venture that 18 years ago they couldn't get close. (laughs) Further, to send letters to family, he would need money for stamps, which he clearly doesn't have. Ten years out of practice with no access to a keyboard does not lend itself well for (laughs) Mr. Buscemi. Okay. Kevin McAllister might be the smartest and quickest child ever portrayed in a movie. Of course, there are exceptions, i.e. Jimmy Neutron, Harry Potter, Matilda. But the wit that Kevin... Is Richie Rich a smart guy? I think so. No, he just had rich rich? parents. Okay, all right, all right. That was a long time ago. Anyway, 
But the wit that Kevin portrays can allow everyone to believe that Kevin excels in school and can even spell above an 8-year-old level. Mm. Here's a list of spelling bee words for 11 to 12-year-olds. <laughs> I don't see a list, but now that that argument is out of the way, there's... Well, is it separate? Is it out of the back, maybe? No. No. Okay. Where's your list, Where's your Dan? list, <laughs> Now that that argument is out of the way, there is access to computers. Argument that might seem to work against Kevin. However, I'm going to assume he did have sufficient access to any computer. I mean, look at his house which, as you both know, was in a very wealthy suburb of Chicago. That's correct. They yep. could definitely afford computers, and as they became common in the 1980s, Kevin could probably type a lot and quick. For these reasons, my ranking is as follows by typing the fastest, slowest. One, Kevin McAllister. Two, Kevin James. Three, Steve Buscemi. Best, Dan. P.S. None of this was proofread. Well, you forgot the list. That was, that was the only thing that was that needed proofread. One... Steve Buscemi, that's not his name. You could, th- Never mind. Hey, who are your friends? I don't like them. I'm not going <laughs> okay. <go> there. The, <laughs> the actor Steve Buscemi was playing a character. Yes. Yeah, but we know what he's talking about. Well, to be clear, in the original email, it was called, he just said Steve Buscemi's character in Big okay, Daddy. Okay, fine. Anyway. So, so Dan is going along so with that So we're going back me. to the Xanax yeah. Kevin James, yeah. the home of <laughs> Steve Buscemi and Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Um, do you want to fight here, bro? I don't disagree with this logic. I don't. Let's see. If I had to point out a fact here. Yeah. Talk into the mic, not your cheek. If I had to point (laughs) out a fact here. Yeah. Have you ever taken Xanax, Dan? I have not. Do you know what it's like? Like he can't respond to you right now. Well, he could respond to email (laughs) another time. Okay. Have you ever been on twice the dosage? I haven't. Yeah. But. I would just suggest that that would definitely slow your motor skills. Mm-hmm. He's talking about texting, too. Weren't we talking about typing? No, it's typing on a keyboard, yeah. Keyboard. He's yeah. talking about texting. It's different. You're not using that is eight true. of your fingers. Yeah. I guess ten if you use your thumbs for a space bar. Yeah, I do sometimes, yeah. yeah. I do all the time, actually. But When you uh, text, don't you mainly use your thumb or your finger? So you're saying finger? you think you could, you could text faster than you could type if you're on Xanax? <laughs> if you're on Xanax. Yeah. I just don't think that that's a viable argument for typing on a keyboard versus texting. Okay. Because you're not using the same fingers. Yeah. I get what he's saying. You can understand, like, the keyboard is the same. Yeah. I don't think it's the same. Okay. I get... Why are they kicking homeless people out of libraries? (laughs) I think because they're not actually using it for probably for book purposes. Well, what if they were? What if they had a library card? I don't know. How much is a library card? It's free in some towns. Yeah. Yeah. Just need Uh, a form of ID. So... I, I guess it's offensive if you haven't showered. But if you had, if you just had everybody, if everybody was just homeless living, it'd be like a homeless shelter during the day, right? It would I'm be not like saying the library stocked with ten homeless people at one time. I'm just saying you have enough time to where maybe you go to the library. Yeah, I I, I liked his logic for Steve Buscemi, and I'm gonna go with the '90s. You know, ten years of of out, you know, of homelessness, and if they if he knows about more about New York than we do. He lives in New York. I've never been there. Okay, so so I'm gonna have to agree with Dan I don't know on this one. About that. I'm gonna have to agree with Dan on this one, and definitely put C. Buscemi at third. I'm still saying Kevin McAllister doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, <laughs> okay. Dude, in 1990, I, I, yeah, your logic does not make sense to me. In 1990, kids are like building forts and playing outside. <laughs> was Nickelodeon even a thing in 1990? I don't I, know if I, it was. I think it was, but uh, there's no way of knowing. 
Well, I don't think cable was as common. I think it was. Really? Yeah. I yeah. feel like cable was a oh, – maybe it wasn't. Yeah. December 1977, Pat. Nickelodeon. 77. I'll take your argument for Kevin James, I guess. Wait, didn't I say Kevin James was second? I don't know. When we originally had this thing? I'm not – regardless, Dan, I'm not putting Kevin McAllister at one. Okay. That's where I disagree so you, with so you. So here going – The other two, I'll, I'll take whatever you're throwing down at us. Okay. I'm not putting Kevin McAllister at number one. Okay. So you care. would put him second or third? Put him last. Oh, you'd in, still put him last. In wow. 1990? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's 1990. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't care what about today. Yeah. They had computers in the 80s. Oh, bravo. Yeah. What did they do on computers in the 80s? I'm not a fucking scientist. Uh, I wasn't alive. I don't know. Do you remember the early computers you had growing up? Yeah. How much did you do on it besides paint? Uh, I like those uh, the games, Oregon Trail. Yes, Oregon Trail. Yeah. Played that myself. Minesweeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Minesweeper. I had Great no game. idea what I was doing. <laughs> no. Okay, does anybody actually know how to play Minesweeper? I don't know how if many, anyone does. How many games of Minesweeper did you play and have no Hours. idea? Hours. Hours. Just no, random I just kind of hoping that I wasn't yes. going to press on yes. a bomb. Shit! <laughs> I got so close, but I have no idea what these numbers mean. Uh, I, I'm sure I could figure it out now, but I never got it to the point, never played it to the point where I'm saying, when, when we were kids, say, say we're an eight-year-old, so yeah. we're talking 99. 98 for some people yeah. earlier. Come on. Yeah. It was not, was not typing keyboards. Exactly. Here's my last thing on Minesweeper. I just found out within the last year that Minesweeper is not the same thing as Minecraft. And people, no. <laughs> I, when I just heard the mine, the word mine, uh, and people, I just, like, they were talking about is playing a computer game. Mind? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. even know. I've never played the game. That was mine. Minecraft? Mine. Yeah, that's my. It's Minesweeper. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, what I'm saying is that when I would hear people talk about playing a computer game, I would just hear mine, and then I would say, assume it was the same Minesweeper that I was playing. Little did I know, it's completely like coal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, yeah. Anyway, completely different game. Uh, here's a second email here. Uh, question Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh, Pat, I guess fight Pat. That's what he wants to respond with. Uh, Chubhub, next email here. Chubhub, where all your chubby needs come true. Questions for both of you. What do you think the biggest inconvenience would be if you were driving a U.S. car in the U.K. or vice versa? Growing up with everything opposite, including rules of the road and the steering wheel being on the wrong side. Please discuss before reading my answer to this. Okay, so. Have you been to Europe, Jared? I have. Isn't it weird? It is weird. It's weird. I didn't like it, and I felt car sick. Yeah. Um, I was 18. I, I knew how to drive. Yeah, it was giving me anxiety. Yeah, I. So I. It's the same. Their other side of the road on in India as well, and that's where. Not I've only been the other most side recently. of the road, the other side of the car you're yeah. driving. Yeah. Everything is just bad. All right, let's hear what Trevor's thing is. He thinks uh, the biggest problem would be having to go through drive-through restaurants in reverse. That's a clever thing, Trevor. In reverse, in order for the driver's side to be at the serving window, so the circle would go the opposite way. Yeah, I could see bumping into the machines. But I'm just yeah, you just would be so used to going on. You always used to going on. If you're looking at the building on the right side of the building, mm-hmm. you would have to enter on the left side of the building. If you're sta- if oh, you're looking thought, at the front. Sorry, for a second I yeah. thought you meant you're driving an American car, your no. style car, like you have to drive in reverse. No, like you're driving a U.S. car. Oh, I see. Driving a U.S. car in the U.K. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, you are right. So you would have to. Okay. Uh, back, yeah, I kind of back, phrase that. Like, back what? it up. Yeah, back, back it up. I kind of definitely talked about that question the wrong way. But, yeah, it, he's saying that if yeah, if you go up to a drive-thru and you had a 
right-hand drive car and you were in the U.S., you would have to, like, have a, your passenger reach over and get the stuff. Are drive throughs a thing? In other I'm countries? sure they are. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I've only been to one other country. I yeah. haven't seen any drive throughs It's a good question. I don't know. I'm sure they are other places. I'm sure it's more popular in the U.S., but I don't know. That's There's no way of knowing. No. No. Great. A big man. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, I think that's a perfect. I think it's a perfect problem with that. Um, I guess another thing would be drive-bys, <laughs> right? Drive-by what, Jared? Drive-by shooting. So <laughs> why are they if you're, Well, I'm saying like this would be another problem. Now going like here's a legit answer for Trevor's question. So you're talking about if you're typically you're shooting, you know, you're kind of shooting out the window of the side you're driving on. You would have to you would have to calculate things a lot different, right? You'd have to go on the opposite side. You don't have to shoot across your car. Right in a drive, you know, in a drive-by shooting, you want to shoot like through your passenger seat through the window. You would want to shoot through your window because you got more range with your hand. So I think that would be a big issue. Yeah. (laughs) Also, don't do those. Also, don't do those. (laughs) That's the second part. Uh, But that was just the first part. If you were wondering, so how about uh, how about a Jeff Goldman movie review? Yeah. Hi. 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 I'm Chef Goldblum. You, you, you interest me strangely. You have uh, you've uh, uh, tapped into some kind of secret vein. Why would you do that to Goldblum? <laughs> What's Goldblum ever done to you? What's Goldblum ever done to you? Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. <laughs> because she's sweet and like a peach and like a juicy and sweet. You, you're afraid to be too Goldblum. He no. thinks if he smells Goldblum, he's going to be Goldblum. By jamming them. Into his pocket. I'm gonna get my Goldblum on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, people always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? How about Death Wish from 1974? Hmm. You ever seen this, Pat? No. Directed by Michael Winner. Winner. Winner? Michael Winner. So. He also directed uh, Death Wish 2 and 3. Turns out there was five of them. Also turns out there's a remake of Death Wish that is being uh, uh, finished right now. We actually did some of the work with it here uh, in our studio. So it's actually starring Bruce Willis. Hey! Starring Bruce Willis, your boy. uh, Sure, it helped fund it. Yeah, no, I didn't help fund it, but uh, I did invoice them. I did ask for money from them. So this is based on the book Push by Sapphire. No, that's not true. It's based on the novel called Death Wish by Brian Garfield. So this is starring Charles Bronson. You know who that is, Pat? No. He's a big like action guy back in the day. He a plays big what guy? Action guy. Oh. He was uh stars Paul Kersey. Here's some of the movies he was in, maybe you've heard of these. Once Upon a Time in the West, The Great Escape, The Dirty Dozen, The Magnificent Magnificent Seven. None. N- haven't heard of any of those. They just remade the Magnificent Seven. You haven't heard of that? No. No. Okay. So uh started Charles Bronson. And then the only other name of note that I knew was Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Of course. He played Freak Number 1. This was his first movie. Ever? Death Wish, 1974, yeah. So, other big name of note, Herbie Hancock is the composer of this. You know Herbie Hancock? It's Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> Herbie Hancock. No, I thought that was a made-up name. That's an actual person. Oh, yeah. He's a comp- he's a, he's has a lot of songs, like a lot of techno-y type songs. No. Yeah, okay. So, oh, that just changed that movie for me. Yeah. So here's the storyline. Uh, Charles Bronson, his wife and daughter are at the grocery store. 
Jeff Goldblum and two other guys see that where their address is because they're getting their groceries delivered. Instead of carrying this very small box uh, of groceries to their house, to their apartment, they're going to get their groceries delivered, and they have like a little address thing that's on their grocery box. So Jeff Goldblum and two guys see this, and they're like, all right, we're going to follow them back because I guess they look rich. And uh, so they follow them back to their apartment. And then at that point, there's a very graphic, um, like they break it, they basically break into Charles Bronson's wife and daughter's place. Very brutal, like way more brutal than you would ever see in a movie now, uh, like rape scene, basically. Really over the top, way unnecessary. Um, too much sauce. Too much sauce. So you see this, and Jeff Goldblum is one of the people doing this. Come Mr. On, Jeff. Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Come on. Come on. And so. Then uh, it turns out that uh, Jeff Goldblum's, uh, or not Jeff Goldblum, Charles Bronson's wife gets killed and his daughter's like basically a vegetable. And so it's bad news. Charles Bronson, because of this, goes, he just decides he's going to become a vigilante. And he tries very little to try to find the guys that, that did this to his family. Instead, he basically just somehow finds himself in situations every, like, every scene in this movie where some guys are trying to rob him and he just shoots them. So that's kind of the story of this, this movie. He just, like, decides he's going to stop crime by putting himself in situations where he gets robbed. Somehow he's walking around in every single – he's just in a subway, and two guys come up with knives. And he'll be walking through the park, and two guys come up with knives. And it's just somehow, like, every single time he's walking – basically this made it seem like in, if you're in New York, uh, you're going to get robbed every five minutes. That's what this made it seem like, according to, uh, according to this movie. Dan, can you confirm? Can you confirm this, Dan? So – uh, just the whole storyline it's just like I don't know anyway this movie is apparently a classic a classic yeah they made five of them they made five of these movies and the six is on the way good it's going to be a reboot so wow. <clears throat> here's what I'd say I'm going to give this a Harry Connick Jr. I'll give this a middle tier Jeff Goldblum because not enough it's, Jeff Goldblum there's not well yeah well I didn't need to see any more Jeff Goldblum in this I saw enough of him uh, but it, it just like it doesn't I, it's not that overly interesting of a movie, but it's not horrible, and it's it's you got to give it the benefit of the doubt. Nineteen seventy four, right? That um, was, uh, yeah, that's a while over ago. forty years. Yeah, ago over now. forty years ago. So uh, I, I'm sure at the time it was a different scenario, but like I would not recommend this movie to someone. But it's not like the worst Jeff Goldblum movie I've ever seen. So I'm going to say it's a middle tier Jeff Goldblum movie. Middle to the, it's kind of on the lower end of that, but uh, you know, Death Wish nineteen seventy four. There you go. Gave it a Harry okay. Connick Jr. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. So, Pat, do you have anything else? I do have a quick. Yeah. I don't even know what I call this, but this is a news story. So Crane Chicago. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Um, you could soon rappel down Willis Tower's sky deck. So if I had to make a summary of this, the company who bought the Willis Tower yep. wants to make more money from tourists off of it. Yeah. So that's why they started the whole top floor sky deck thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they're talking about a couple of things that are a little edgy, in my opinion. So, they're talking about allowing visitors to descend via a harnessed rope from the 103rd to 102nd floor inside a two-story enclosed glass box. On the side of the tower. Oh wait, okay. So you would it would be completely inside, basically. But it's you're... a glass box. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's bullet. I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. So then they're also proposing you could try the ledge walk, which would be an outdoor glass ledge where visitors can stretch their legs, breathe in some fresh air. Ooh. 
rarefied air and taking yeah. the views from a harness. So this would be yeah. actually outside. Got it. Got it. I'm not doing either. Interesting. And I honestly think it's a bad idea, in my opinion. Well, people want to do... Yeah, that's... How many crazies are there? You're going to get a crazy one day up there. Yeah, that's like just going to unbuckle himself or something. He's going to do something. Yeah, something He's going to show stupid. off the yeah. selfie, selfie stick. <laughs> Drop something. Something's going to fall out of their Drop pocket something. or something. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But they propose that this is going to make them a lot more money because it's going to double up the space on the sky deck. They yeah. said one of the complaints is it's over a two-hour wait in the summertime. Wow. I didn't know that. Also, I've never done it. Either way. My, my dude, my ears pop in those <laughs> those uh, elevators. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. But uh, they're also talking about having food vendors while you stand in line. Mm. So this is supposed to make them more money. Yeah. I don't know. Are they hurting for money? I think they're just not making as much as they thought. Yeah. Well, there you go. I guess if people will do it, people will do it. People will definitely do that if they make it a thing. Oh, yeah, people will. Yeah. I just don't think it, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree with I that. I think it's against kind of like morals. Like you're mm. trying to make more money, yet someone's going to do something stupid eventually. You're going to lose all that money. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I hear you, Pat. I hear you. I, I think that uh, they would say that's on them. And it's going to make the building look different from the outside. It's going to be like true. a glass box growing on the outside. Yeah. It's going to look like it's basically got a giant zit or something growing on it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's yeah, kind of yeah, that's that's sad. That's kind of sad. That's kind of yeah. sad. Yeah. That's look sad. at those shoes. What are you, 95? Typical jazz. But, okay, Pat, so, you know, the show is basically over now. People can, you know, email the show, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. You can follow Pat on Instagram at patcallahan44. That's right. patcallahan44. You can also follow Pat Callahan on Instagram, patbeast33. Leave the guy alone. (laughs) And uh, like us on Facebook and Twitter at Chubstep Podcast, and new episodes every Thursday, and tell a friend a lover. And, oh. yeah, why not, Pat? Yeah, I guess why not? Yeah, somebody you really care about. Find something, hey, something new you could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Listen to the show. Listen to the show together. That's right. All right, well, thank you for tuning in, and the show has ended. Bird up. Bird up. Hello. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.